Welcome to Garage A Trois. Thanks for listening. Welcome to episode 16. This is Garage A <laughs> And hi. I am depending on the kids to put themselves to bed tonight. That happens. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's just a function of time. Do you mean you're depending on them to put themselves to bed at a reasonable hour? Well, yes. I mean, they're in the tub as we speak. And I'm like, okay, I'm recording. You need to do this 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 and this to put yourselves to bed and they're like oh yeah mom oh we got this so we'll see if that really happens like brushing the teeth and the hair and all that needs to happen independently so I mean it's international women's day post post day what uh, I don't know week Week international, international Women's Day week. week. <laughs> so I'm depending on them to know that and and do that themselves. So uh, we'll see. I don't have children, so I don't know the answer to this. Are they okay in the bathtub by themselves? Oh yeah, they're oh. totally fine. Okay, they're, yeah. It's as yeah. if I've never been around children before. That I mean, that it, infant. If they were infants, no. But, but they're old enough you know, now. Yes. Um, six, eight-year-olds can independently bathe themselves, I think, <laughs> hopefully. I mean, they're doing, they're doing it now. They're doing something in there. Something. Uh, I made a real ass of myself with a friend of mine recently. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like pre-covid and we were with some other people who we don't see very often and this is like my dearest friend we've known each other since we were 12 years old (laughs) and the woman said now how old is your daughter and I answered for her I was like she's five right and my friend looked at me and was like she is seven oh (laughs) I mean yeah. Here's the challenge with adulthood. And I it only just this moment occurred to me that people who have kids experience this too, probably. You have your friends and you know your friends' birthdays and maybe even like their wedding anniversaries, but then they start getting other stuff. They start having yeah. children. Yeah. They like get pets. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you have to remember how old the kids are. Maybe you're the friend who remembers when the kids' birthdays are. But then you have to, like, remember if the dog is still alive. And, like, yeah. you have to kind Hard. of remember if, like, their grandparents are still around. Um, it becomes so, easy. It yeah. becomes easy when those things interline. Like, my maid of honor couldn't be at my wedding because her son was being born so my wedding anniversary and her her son's birthday are the same so I'm like okay I got that but also she wasn't at my wedding because she was giving birth (laughs) um I'm really relieved that that didn't end with like her 
grandparent dying. That's what I was afraid you were going to say. No. Um, But that's also good. I feel like there should be some, like, law of pairing where anytime a milestone happens, some other milestone needs to happen. Let's just go ahead and say, like, they they have to be happy. I'm not going to require that anyone's grandparent pass away. I agree. This is good. So, like, when you say that your daughters are eight and six, I'm like, they're what? I know. They're allowed Crazy. to be in the bath by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully put themselves to bed. Yeah. Do it. I warned them. I gave them a list. I have a modest prediction, which is when we wrap tonight, they're going to be doing WWE in their room. Yeah. I'll hear them. I'll be like, yeah. I told you. <laughs> You're going to turn into scary mommy. Scary mommy. No, there's no, Marie is no scary mommy. There's no scary Marie mommy. But that leads us into follow-ups from last week. Does Goofy, (laughs) does his son Max have a mommy? We looked into it. Yeah, does Goofy have a GF? Does, Does he? What did we learn? Let me, let me preface with, I asked my brother, who again, is just like, Number one fan of a goofy movie. Goofy movie. Yeah. That motherfucker has watched that movie more times than he can <laughs> count. I literally <laughs> asked him this question and he segued into this story about how my sister recorded over his favorite scene in the movie and then started like naming characters and then said something about a musical number and Marie I don't remember if you and I have discussed this already were you aware that a goofy movie is a musical I was not I was not there are layers to this that are I just find deeply troubling Mhm Okay so he says yes there is obviously a mother involved by virtue of the fact that Max exists in a Goofy movie, that's Goofy's son. Right. He says that it is made clear that the mom, excuse me, the mom is not around, but he said he doesn't remember if they suggest that she has passed away or if she left them. I did a little bit of digging. Okay. And Goofy has a reference to mom is with the stars i hear this i see this quote happening throughout sort of goofy and max's interactions is mom quote is with the stars so we think mom has passed away oh oh yeah 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 she went to hollywood she's yeah she left them forever so i just hear screaming oh they're okay Okay. Did I? Am I making that up? Did I just hear no. screaming? Uh, yeah, but I don't know if you can hear that from here. <laughs> this, this is like this is like a long, like yards away, multiple doors shut. But it's just play. They're not dying. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I couldn't hear the nature of the screaming. They heard Goofy's mom is with the stars, and they were like, no! Starfucker Mrs. Goofy <laughs> went to hang out in Hollywood. 
Yeah, she's quote with the stars. So whatever whatever you want to interpret there, either she's in the heavens or she went she left them for Hollywood. We'll leave it up to the listeners to decide. Well, what we know about Disney is that they're not afraid to kill a mother. They're not afraid to kill anyone. Oh, okay. That also. But yeah, mother, mothers especially. Parents especially. Parents especially. <laughs> if you're a parent and you get cast in a Disney movie, wash your ass. All right, that was a good one. What else do we need to follow up on? This is good. I like this accountability, actually. We can follow up on the pronunciation of Dev Hayland. I said Hayland. You said Holland. That is the correct pronunciation is Holland. Deb Holland. This is future potential Secretary of the Interior, current New Mexico representative. Yes. Deb Holland. Well, I just want to compliment you on your confidence because I know the way that you said it. Yeah, no, I was into I it. I should have I should have known. I should have done the research and then, and I did and it was Holland and she's a badass and we're we're rooting for her. Happy International Women's Day week, Rep Holland. Yes. What else happened this week? Anything juicy? I I want to I want to introduce a new segment called Hot Topics. Hot Topics. Hot Topics, also, sponsored by, guys, oh, sing it. Sponsored by Hot Pockets. Sing me the whole phrase. <laughs> Hot Topics, sponsored by Hot Pockets, a.k.a. Hot Goss, Hot g- a.k.a. Hot Gossip. I'm into it. Um, I wanted thing. to apologize for something that I said last week, and then I forgot about it, so when I remember it again, I will shout it out. Do it whenever. I, okay, I just remembered. I said that we should title our advice segment. Good luck with that. Oh, we have yes. And then and we, we gave, haven't done that. Yeah, we gave what I would describe as some very risky advice about this person's frustration with their boss. Yeah, and then and we, we should have said good luck with that. We should have said fucking good luck with that. Oh, <laughs> all right. A garage gives advice, aka good luck with that. Or that's just like our way of forgiving ourselves for our potentially destructive advice. Well, I mean, we're giving them a a disclaimer. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so hot topics. Hot topics. Okay. Rosemary. Megan and Harry. <gasps> talking to Oprah. Did you watch it? I watched it. Can you tee up for us what exactly occurred here? Woof. Okay. So, you know, you read the headlines. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who keeps up with pop culture. I kind of like that. I'm not, per se, a royal watcher. Like, I don't really follow all of that business. But... When Megan stepped into the royal family, I was like, okay, American actress, biracial, going to change things up. This is interesting. Um, Not you know, just an American actress. 
deal or no deal spokesmodel. Ooh, I forgot about that. Deal or no deal and best known for suits. Suits. Which, Which- I- I don't know. Is it on TBS? <laughs> yes. It's on. I, I believe they filmed in Canada. I don't know a lot about Suits. I didn't watch Suits. I knew she came from that, but had, you know, been around a long time working in Hollywood. Um, she mentioned in the interview she was a waitress. She's done. She's just worked her whole life, you know, had that sort of background of like, you have to work for what you want. And I really, I really like sort of, I didn't, I didn't know at first I wasn't, as I said, I wasn't a Royal watcher, but I, and I kind of like, whatever, Meg getting in. Yeah, girl, like do your thing, getting into the Royal family. And I watched this and their exit was like, it was, it was necessary like they were not accepting of her which and it like it sounds like it was more than just like a difficult family right she's she she had said they were very welcoming at first they were very like when they were dating it was kind of like okay we're gonna accept this for now this this is what it seemed like to me that we're gonna accept this for now as you're dating and then once got things got more serious and they were getting married, and then there was a baby on the way, it was like, okay, now we have to talk about race. Like, it was very intentional about the sort of protection they were going to get, and um, she said she didn't know it was the son at the time, but Archie, they had been told he would not have the security detail that Harry had as an heir to the throne so a lot of things that would have been given to any heir um was not given to to their child and she thinks because of the race the race card played a lot into it and it was just like things that things that would have been done for any heir beforehand were not given to him for whatever reason and and they just it came down to race and they just were like okay not cool we're out you just realize that i almost feel like it's like a bell curve it's like not having enough money really controls your life and then you can mm-hmm. get to a point where financially you're comfortable enough that it's not your primary concern it's about relationships and fulfillment and purpose and then I honestly feel like you can get rich enough where it just starts to control your life again. I mean, these people are fucking prisoners of their own making. I read the mm-hmm. saddest fucking article about Prince Charles in Vanity mm-hmm. Fair maybe like a year yep. ago. Where it, like, I, you know, I'm psychotic for saying this, but, like, they're pathetic. Mm-hmm. And their whole lives are just, like, pre-pandemic just constant travel trapped just they have no control over their lives it's he says this yeah he says this he says he says um my my father and my brother are trapped there's no way they cannot get out i was lucky because 
I think because he's not a direct heir to the throne, like mm. he was lucky enough to like make the call and do what he needed to do, get out. But they they cut him off financially completely. They cut his security off. He like he was saying, thank goodness he had his mother's inheritance because he he thought Diana knew that something like this would would happen. So he she set them she set her kids up for potential you know break from the monarchy which is scary to even think of right and he saw the signs and as soon as he said they're we're pulling your security detail we're cutting you off financially he's like wow he's like uh and then where did they end up this is like the most unlikely plot twist yeah, they <laughs> they went to Canada thinking they would still serve the queen, uh, stepping back from their roles. And then once security was pulled and the pandemic started and everyone knew where they were, they they came to California and they eventually settled in Montecito with Cito. you know Cito, neighbors with uh, Oprah and. All the things. Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll we'll stroll on along the beach and see them playing with Archie someday. I don't know. It's funny when you have a fifteen million dollar home and like your neighbors, you're like the cheapest house on the block. <laughs> Honestly. So how does Megan come off in all of this? Because I will admit, I am rooting for her on principle. But the couple interviews that I've watched, I have really not connected with her. Like, I wouldn't want to spend any time around her. I find her pretentious. That's that's what a lot of my friends have said. And I go, um, you need to watch the interview because she's being completely honest. I feel she's being completely honest. Why would she? Why would she need to lie? At this point, no, not at all. Yeah, they've they've quote lost everything. So you know, uh, uh, as far as she she thought she entered the the royal family as serving them for life. Like they had no intention of leaving. They had no yeah. intention of like they entered or well she entered because Harry was part of it already. She entered this family thinking, okay, this is our life now. And when she didn't get the support that she needed and was promised to her, she was like, okay, this is it. Uh, um, we, you know, and Harry no- said, you know, I've got to make this change for my wife and my family. Didn't want history to repeat itself. Um, Can you imagine how much pressure that must have put on their relationship? I mean, I have had relationships right. not work out for way smaller reasons. <laughs> yeah. And here he's like leaving this, you know, thousands of year old institution. Yes. So I think he really came out of it. It seems like people just being like, that man has integrity. That man loves oh, his family. Balls to the wall. Yeah. yeah. Oprah asks him directly, did Megan save your life? And he says yes. Oh. And then, she, you know, because he didn't know he was trapped until he knew, until, you know, 
they were together and this was their family and he had to do something. And then she spins it and says, no, you saved me because you were the one to make the call to leave that all behind. So it was like, they, they saved each other. I want to say, you know, Oh, that's like a fairy tale. Well, I wish them nothing but happiness. I yes. I just want them to be happy and healthy and safe. And now they got that Netflix money. They got the Netflix money. They got the podcast money. They're doing all the things. I love it. Me too. They made it out of the firm. <laughs> the firm. I was like, really, Tom Cruise? What is this? It is a movie. It's also a book. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a John Grisham book. Thank you. <laughs> Super author John Grisham. <laughs> okay. Star maker for Matthew McConaughey. Going to Moonlighting, we said we're going to start <laughs> a spin-off podcast. And... Why is it Moonlighting streaming and why the fuck are the DVDs so expensive? You and I both have the exact same idea. So Moonlighting, I just want to apologize. If we could go back, we should just dedicate an entire episode to like all the like mistakes or weird shit we've said on this podcast. Oh, okay. I we was will. like reminiscing about moonlighting, and all I really remembered was the like, will they or won't they sexual tension? Sybil Shepherd with her like super curly blonde hair, like always like flipping it around. Yeah, and that was a huge part of it, though. That was the premise: is like, will they or won't they? For sure. But you had to point out that it was that they were private detectives because all I could picture and again I was a kid when this was on we were both kids but yeah um all I remembered was like an office environment which is just so naive and weird so I went back and I pulled I don't know if you want to read the Wikipedia description of the premise of moonlighting for people who are not familiar with it because Marie as you said we found out that it's not streaming anywhere anywhere the premise of moonlighting for people who have not had the pleasure okay so after being cleared out by her no good manager model had maddie hayes is about to sell one of her few remaining assets the blue moon detective agency until snarky employee david addison talks her out of it saving his job and launching a new career for her Oh, so he saves her. Bruce Willis saves her. Oh my god, they're like Megan and Harry. They save each other. Saved whom? (laughs) We both hopped off the podcast. We both looked up how to stream it because we're ready to have the Blue Moon Detective Agency podcast. Yes. What did we find out? I'll spend $300 on seasons one, two, and five. <laughs> it is Only. the fucking mix of DVDs out there Only. on eBay. And you can't, where, where are three, uh, three and four? Did America stop producing DVDs at the time that they would have produced seasons three and four? It's, it's very strange. We need answers. 
We need answers. I'm going to write fan letters to Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis and ask for the DVDs. Please. <laughs> you ha- They have to have them, right? It, you know what? Bruce Willis has a storage unit somewhere with DVDs floor to ceiling. And if he isn't behind the fucking eBay listings, <laughs> I will be shocked. Batman is large and in charge on eBay. I can just tell. I can tell. Yeah, he married that like much younger woman, has a second family, has to like awkwardly D- DVDs stacked up to the yeah. brim. And the little girls are like, what are these, daddy? Because they've never seen DVDs before because they're too young. Yeah, I get it. The whole thing was awkward. Um, okay, so please don't give up on us, but we are not shelling We're- out no three hundred dollars for seasons one, two, and five. One, two, and five. <laughs> we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you guys. Stay tuned. Although Stay it's tuned. ABC, is that right? Yeah. So ABC yeah. is Disney. I'm gonna write Disney Plus and be like, I will quit oh. this shit if you do not get. Is it Maddie and David? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Lighting up. Yeah, Maddie and David. Get that shit up there. We need it. People need it. Um, okay. Are we in the mood to give a little bit of advice? I think so. Okay. This one is a little complex. I had, uh, I was chatting with a friend about our advice column, and she said she had something for us. Would you like me to read it? Yes. Here we go. I absolutely hate my friend's husband. Oh, no. Oh, no. She is a total free spirit, and he is an angry, tight ass. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I feel like he only wants to kill her spirit. Oh, no. This doesn't sound good. He's a nightmare person, and I think they're terrible match. I basically, yeah. I basically stopped hanging out with her because he always seemed to worm his way into our plans, showing up when we're out to dinner or skulking around the house if I'd come over. Ew, this is not good. I actually thought COVID might help things since we only talk one-on-one now or text or FaceTime, but she will bring him up and want to talk about the latest thing he's done or said, and I can't deal with that. Uh, He's her husband. I'm not trying to get in the way, but it makes me so angry to have to give up on this friendship because of him. If you were me, what would you do? This is sad. That's really sad. You don't have to worry that it's secretly me talking about you because Harry is not angry or a tight ass. (laughs) Thank you. And I was, I wanted to say that, but I was also like, he's not that bad. (laughs) He's not. No, he's not. He doesn't like, he doesn't creep up when we're like, if we were out somewhere, he wouldn't show up. That's, that's kind of, that's a red flag. Yeah. If he he shows up where you're at, no. No, 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 no. Like, what? Cause I feel, I feel like there's almost more going on here than like what is being said. Yeah. Just he's a jerk. He's, he's, it sounds like he's trying to isolate. It's, it's way worse than that. 
he sounds domestic violence situation. It does sound kind of abusive. Yeah. And I don't want to be naive because, you know, I'm not married. And so I don't know what the practicality of like maintaining that kind of commitment over time includes. Like, I certainly don't experience my friend's husband's showing up like that. So I don't know. No. No, no, no. Um, You each, if it's a healthy relationship, you each respect your own time away. Like, I have my friends. Harry has his friends. We have our friends together. Like, we plan things together when we want. We do our own separate things when it's possible. Like, we're not spending 100% of our time together, which I think is healthy. Yeah. Um. So him showing up where they're at or, like, just hanging around the house when they're there, like, where are your friends, bro? Like, Ooh, I was going to say, it's like she's being supervised, but that's a good point, too. Like, what? Or what can't is you do something on? on your own? Yeah. Yeah. Even if they're at the house, can you, like, you know, they're in the backyard having wine. Can't you just, like, read a book? It, or watch your or take a bath by your yourself. <laughs> take a bath take a shower jack off in the shower for half an hour <laughs> I don't know like yeah it seems a little um, he's 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 paranoid and overreaching and kind of like paying too much attention and inserting himself where it's not warranted so I also feel like um, she says something about how the friend will bring him up. So I almost also wonder, like, does the friend know that it's, like, not cool? Oh. And is trying sure. to... I, I don't want to say, like, cry for help, because I think that's kind of naive. But, like, does the friend know that she's in a bad situation? Maybe not. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right interesting and so I feel like I don't know what the answer is for when you when this is happening to your friend like I don't think that they're asking if she should like confront her right if yeah if she understands she even knows that she's kind of in a bad situation she just doesn't like being a part of it (laughs) I mean I'm not laughing at that but like yeah, is she confronting, saying, hey, this is a bad situation, or just, I don't want to be involved anymore? That's that's hard. So what, what would you do if you were the friend? Would you just, like, try to soldier on? I mean, I, I was a little surprised at the end. It's like, <laughs> do I still want to be friends or not? Which yeah, going in that direction. But what I what I understand now that you and I have talked through it a little bit is like, she's at a point where she's like, why am I maintaining this relationship if it's so unpleasant? Yeah, I think there's a bigger picture. And she, <laughs> she basically needs to just bring to her friend's attention that she's in a bad situation. Ooh. Not like, you know, I, I want to say like, hey, I'm not comfortable hanging around the two of you because I think he he's sort of interjecting in our friendship and I'm not comfortable with that and I don't think 
you should be either not even saying like hey you're an abusive yeah. relationship I'm gonna call the police and we'll let your family know but like hey I'm not comfortable with this I don't I don't know if you recognize it but I don't think he should be a part of our friendship and if you think that way maybe there's another there's a bigger you know, picture yeah. that we need to focus on I know you always have to tread so lightly I know that's so healthy of you though because I was just gonna admit if it were me I would probably just like not let it fade but just like yeah hey he sucks I'm out I'm out I'm out (laughs) like your boyfriend sucks I'm out of here but because I think part of the challenge um and I I have a friend who went through a breakup recently and I just hadn't talked to her in like probably more than six months. And I feel like part of the challenge is, especially women, I think, are so kind of identified with their relationship sometimes that like you kind of lose your friends to whoever they're dating. Mm-hmm. Maybe not forever, but at least initially. Yeah. And it happens often enough that I just have to be like, hey, this isn't personal. She was in a new relationship. But, like, sure. in the in-between time, she was kind of a shitty friend. You know, she definitely wasn't there for me. Definitely wasn't checking in on how I was doing. And even though I knew why, it's, like, so you just, like, turn turn that, like, tap off? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So I feel like with this, it's, like, I also kind of hear her saying that this woman like isn't a good friend to her as a result of this yeah. or if she makes her uncomfortable yeah. so um I like your approach a lot I think your approach is really wholehearted that you would come to her with love and be like hey this doesn't work for me and kind of give mm-hmm. the friend that opportunity to be like oh well let's just make sure that when we hang out you know we we hang out at your house or you know like that kind of thing yeah yeah and if and if it doesn't work out, then it's like, okay, um, this person has some some ties, and you're just like, okay, well, maybe we need to keep just keep tabs on it. Yeah, as a friend, totally. That's good. I feel like it's too flipped to say good luck with that based on. <laughs> oh, I know. Life. We're like, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, I hope your boyfriend doesn't isolate you from every person in your life. Mm, good luck with that. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That was good. I appreciate you. <laughs> Brene Brown would be very proud of you. <laughs> very wholehearted. <laughs> All right, girls. Okay. It's, On this. Oh, sorry. I was just going to remind wait, wait. you. It's Remind me. International Women's Day week. Yes. Month. Is it still International Women's Month or whatever? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's good. March. Good. It's March. We're in it. On this day in history. I found this one. This was fun. 1988, actress Audrey Hepburn is appointed, I love her, is appointed a UNICEF special ambassador. 
She did several tours with the organization and even testified before Congress asking for aid to Africa. She's a recipient of a number of humanitarian awards, including the U.S. Presidential Medal of Freedom. Love that. Good job, Ms. Hepburn. Ms. Hepburn. What is your favorite Audrey Hepburn role? I mean, I've dressed up as Breakfast at Tiffany's for Halloween, but I look back now, it's sort of... um, problematic film (gasps) the film is horrifying yeah i don't want to give any spoilers but uh, it's an unhappy story and i i looked at photos and i was like oh yeah that's a fun costume before even know like watching the film or knowing anything about it and then i was like oh ouch (laughs) this is not good (laughs) this is not good and then i think mickey rooney isn't it with like a super racist portrayal yeah as an asian person yeah just not well good i don't know if my fair lady is any better i was gonna say my fair lady oh yeah um which is based on pygmalion and so it's this idea that the guy bets that he can take someone who's really crude and unrefined and turn her into a lady that's the premise of the film um and so through the process she has this like crazy cockney accent and she's like Uh really dirty and like kind of gross and then you know she's the rain in spain falls mainly on the plain um, yes. And just turns into like the most elegant, most beautiful thing you've ever seen. So that's probably my favorite role of hers. I'm not oh. actually like super familiar with uh, her other films, really. Um, right. Like Roman Holiday, I don't think I've ever even seen. Right. Is which she won all the awards for, but oh, I have not, awards. I've not seen that either. Yeah. Well, I love this. This is like a perfect tribute. I agree. Who is our hero of the week, Marie? Hero of the week. Artist Amy Sherland. Wait. <laughs> Look at me. Sherald? Sherland. Sherald. Why was I going to say Sherland? It just I like caught you. Like the, the feeling just came through you. Artist Amy Sherald. She painted Michelle Obama's official portrait and sold her iconic painting of Breonna Taylor, which is featured on the cover of Vanity Fair last summer, to the Smithsonian. Uh, do you know that painting? I do. That Gorgeous. cover was so amazing. I think it was the first ever non-photo cover for Vanity Fair, I believe. Amazing. In the history of the magazine. And for people who have seen it, I'm sure they would remember. It's like all these like beautiful aqua tones. Yes. Breonna Taylor and this like beautiful dress. And it's like a kind of like dark aqua color and then the background is just like a lighter version of that it's such a beautiful portrait of her and and um 
her doing the portrait of Michelle Obama really set her career off. Like she, she was sort of struggling before that, before she met with the Obamas and sort of pitched her idea to paint. She was up, she's famously up for, to try and paint both of them. And she kept, she kept turning to Michelle and was like, well, I I really want to do you. (laughs) And Barack's like, okay, (laughs) you know, like you're up for doing both of the portraits, but she just kept focusing on Michelle and she really, really wanted to, to famously uh, paint Michelle. And, And she got that, that, uh, she got the opportunity and it launched her career. And, and so her doing this portrait of Breonna Taylor, um, she told the New York Times she did not intend for the portrait of Taylor to disappear into a private collection. The institutions purchased the work with a $1 million donation from the Ford Foundation and the Heartland Foundation a new nonprofit dedicated to social justice initiatives run by the actress Kate Capshaw and her husband, Steven Spielberg. Um, Sherland will use the proceeds of the sale to establish a program to support the higher education of students interested in social justice. That's amazing. Yeah, I remember when the Michelle Obama portrait came out because it's so different from Kehinde Wiley's portrait of President yes. Obama, mm-hmm. which is like super saturated and really lifelike. And Kehinde Wiley's work is like known for having these like really rich, beautiful backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually had a work on display at the Santa Barbara Museum of Art. I don't know if it's still there. Um, but then Amy Sherald's portrait of Michelle Obama is like super, super almost like washout tones and yeah they call they call it um grayscale they ask her why she uses grayscale for the what did she say she she said that she didn't want it to be because it's art like because black skin is already like such a point of contention with people like she didn't want it to be too brown she actually said she didn't want it to be too brown. She wanted the colors to to have like life and live on in just the tones with with the other colors that she chose because she also uses very vibrant colors along with the grayscale. And I was like, oh my god! Like to be an artist and to have to a black artist and have to think about the tones, the brown tones that you're using, like ugh. Like, can you imagine? That's amazing. I feel like that is why it's so important to have that kind of representation. The fact that the Obamas chose black artists. Yes. Is that there is so much that goes into the portraiture that that was a decision that only a black artist had the right to make. I, I wouldn't have wanted you saying those words about someone from a different race making those decisions about black skin. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the Brianna Taylor are, I wonder if they'll actually like display it at the Smithsonian or how they're going to treat it. Cause that, that would be incredible. Um, I think you were the one who maybe told the story of the security guard 
at the Smithsonian who stands near President Obama's portrait. And they were talking about how it's a really emotional experience for them because people are so moved by the painting. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if it'll be displayed that way. It's just such a, a tragic story to be told through that art. You know, I mean, the more that you read about Breonna Taylor, not that anyone deserves to be killed by the police in the middle of the night in their own home, but you just see what a loss it was just what a, a bright light she was and how she was just so deeply loved and cared for um and while i think it's beautiful that her memory is being preserved it's just such a fucking tragedy that her family wakes up to you every day yeah i don't know how they do it hopefully this helps well hopefully someday we will get to see that painting in person I'd love to. Roses and thorns, Marie. I love that you put it in the right order. You give us thorns and you bring us back up with the roses. So with the thorns. Boo. Boo. From TMZ. <laughs> Idaho. Idaho is attempting to pass legislation that would make it illegal for government entities to enforce mask mandates. Oh, my God. Uh, Something folks there are celebrating by rolling out burn barrels and having their children fan the flames with actual face coverings. Are you saying they're having their children put their faces into open flames? They're putting their masks into open flames. That's it's awful because kids don't even. Okay. Anyway, the supposed statewide protest uh, happened Saturday. That's past Saturday is being was being dubbed hashtag free Idaho or hashtag burn the mask. And it was organized in part by Idaho state representatives, Dorothy Moon and Heather Scott. The politicians say they support the grassroots movement to show disapproval of different mandates that have gone into effect across the state over the past year. There's no statewide mask mandate, but about nine counties and 10 Idaho cities have such emergency orders. Of course, the pandemic is far from over. And while the cases are dropping nationwide and Idaho's only had about 1,800 confirmed deaths related to COVID, this is no time to abandon mask wearing entirely, something some states, including Texas, are choosing to do as the vaccines roll out. About a dozen Republicans in the Idaho state legislature introduced the bill this past week that would outlaw mask mandates, including in schools and universities, which I think is awful. Private businesses would still be able to enforce mask wearing if passed. It's expected to be discussed in a hearing at some point this month. This doesn't make any fucking sense to me. The things that we enforce, the fact that you have to wear a seatbelt if you are in a car, like, yeah. people act like this is unprecedented. And it's like, you fucking idiots, just put a mask on. Right. I, I'm almost, like, out of words. I also just have to point out, 
we can look this up later, but 1,800 confirmed deaths in the state of Idaho. We need to look up what the population is there because I have mm-hmm. to imagine that that proportion is nothing to be proud of based on no, total no, no. population. Right. Motherfuckers. I agree. This is just exhausting. It just, especially, you know, for anyone who's being vigilant about the opportunity to be vaccinated, this idea that we're acting like masks and vaccinations are on some kind of a like barbell sliding scale is so naive. We're talking about everybody being potential disease vectors, except for the very, very few people who have been vaccinated at this point. Right. Only, I mean, what did I read today? Maybe 7% of the country has been completely vaccinated. Like, that's not that's not anywhere close to where we need to be. And, and going back to your seatbelt reference, it, it, I think someone else put it like, if if you're wearing a seatbelt and I'm driving drunk, your seatbelt's not gonna save your life. Like, there's 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 you know. There's both sides to weigh and everyone needs to be responsible for everyone else. Like we can't just be driving drunk when everyone else is wearing seatbelts. It's just, it's so frustrating. There are 1.8 million people who live in Idaho. So I just, I don't know. We need to take care of each other is the point. At some point, we're also going to talk about the Electoral College and how it's total bullshit. <laughs> yes, agreed. But agreed. Wyoming, with a population of 578,000 people, that is the total population of Wyoming, is even given any kind of representation in the fucking Electoral College. But um, <laughs> I digress. My observation. And half of them are moose. <laughs> <laughs> half of them are those antlers that make a big arc in Jackson Hole, Wyoming <laughs> well, half of them are Kim and Kanye West <laughs> and their family just Kanye now just Kanye yeah you're right man that's frustrating alright yeah, that, that gets a giant boo for me boo so on to roses hey hi hi Hey, hey, hey. I don't know about you, but my so-called life, which is a huge part of my upbringing, is coming to Hulu. Can we bring Moonlighting to Hulu also, please? (laughs) We have to get somebody to do something about Moonlighting. Okay, my so-called life, you need to help me understand. Are all the Gen Z kids who are dressing in like full on 90s gear, are they doing some kind of like an homage to my so called life? Do you think? Are they like actually dressing like 90s kids, or do you think this is just urban outfitters creating a monoculture? Oh, I hope they're watching my so called life because that was so good. Um, off the top of I your head, just say that again, off the top of your head, tell me what episode or like what moment of that show comes to mind when I say to you my so-called life um just Jordan Catalano yes. 
you know, um, her, um, just pining over him. Yes. Um, the, the first time I ever knew that, um, boys would go into the girls' bathroom, hey, yo, like, that was so fun, like, yes, like, if you are feeling that and you're gonna be with your girlfriends and you're going in the girls' bathroom, like, no one should give you shit for that and vice versa, like, I thought that was very empowering, um, I don't know, just, like, the teen angst and, like, the, the pining of the, the, the boy and the, like, you know, just trying to find yourself. Yes. Because Claire Danes is supposed to be, like, 15 in it. Yes. Angela Chase. She's 15. She's in high school. She has this best friend i can't think of the girl's name who she has grown up with rayanne i want to say rayanne so no the girl she grew up with oh oh yes oh shit yeah who's like oh, kind God, of uptight and like it's kind of yes. on her like like little miss proper vibe and angela is like figuring out i'm who not she into is. that yeah she gets this like dangerous kind of naughty friend rayanne Yes. She has this huge crush on an older boy, Jordan Catalano. Yep. And has this, I think it's Rayanne's best friend. Ricky is just like. Yes. Super flamboyant gay teen who is, I think, not out with his family. I'm remembering the Christmas episode. Correct. I think you're right. Oh my god, I just remember a young Jared Leto playing Jordan Catalano and I, like, specifically remember he is, like, just, like, jamming on the guitar and she's, like, kind of stalking him, watching him, and he sings yep. this song called Red. Do you remember this part? And she yes. has dyed red hair. And she's just like, oh my god, this song is about me? Yeah. And it was just, like, every... Every girl who's ever had a crush on a boy, it's like just the fulfillment of that moment. Iconic show. Really, really groundbreaking. I think, you know, really confronted a lot of taboos. She has this like very realistic home life where her mom's kind of a nagger and sort of uptight and the dad is kind of a goofball. And The dad's um, so cool. I feel like his name is Graham. I'm just making that yes. up. Yes. Graham. I think you're right. So I think good. you're right. We have to find out when it's on, and we will not be the only ones doing it, but we should definitely discuss. That was sort of in line with Felicity. I don't know if you're... Oh, my God. I was so into Felicity. Right? Like, I love that shit. Carrie Russell still, for me, is, like, so evocative. Whenever I see her and stuff, I'm like, Felicity! <laughs> What else is going on in the culture? All right, guys. I'm a Bruno Mars fan. Are you? I am. I'm an Anderson Pack fan. And they've recorded an album together. What? Silk Sonic is the name of the band. Oh, they have like a super group. It's a super group. Oh, my God. I love it. 
Yes, it's the first album from Mars since 2016's 24 Karat Magic, oh my which God. swept, swept the eight, 2018 Grammys, winning Album of the Year, Best R&B Album, Song of the Year, Record of the Year, Best R&B Song, and Best R&B Performance. Whoa. Uh, Anderson Pack, who hails from Oxnard... And whose 2019 album Ventura, whoop. produced, whoop, whoop, produced by Dr. Dre, is on Barack Obama's playlist. Apparently, uh, Pack has had his own share of success, winning Grammys in 2020 for Best R&B Album with Ventura, and one for Best R&B Performance for the song Come Home, featuring Andre 3000. I don't know any of this music. I feel so bad. No? Okay, the single Leave the Door Open came out last Friday. I'll send it to you, Anne. The full album drops May 18th. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. I love both of these men and the fact that uh, this local boy, Anderson Pack, he's been around for a while um, and is just like sort of blossoming is so cool to see. I only know who he is because he was uh, interviewed in a magazine where he was in like just beautiful clothes and the photo was gorgeous um, and he was so stylish. So to know that his music is good and that he's from Oxnard is like double bonus. So good. Yeah, he's he's amazing. All right. Last rose of the day. And then we'll say good night on International Women's Day. <laughs> President Biden <laughs> signed two executive orders aimed at closing the gender equality gap. One forms a White House Council to coordinate federal policies on things like closing the gender wealth gap, supporting women in STEM, and reducing gender-based violence. The order, the other order calls on the education department to review how colleges and universities handle sexual assault allegations. Oh, wow. I didn't hear about either of those. Yeah. Good, good stuff. I'm getting all my news here today, Marie, right from you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) And thanks to President Biden. And thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you guys for listening. Love you. See you next week. This has been Garage Thanks for listening.